Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Jim. Oh, like <laughs> the Jim, I meant to say. Good morning, Jim. Well, as Pete said, uh, this has been an amazing 19 Sundays. Isn't that unbelievable? And I didn't realize that when I was sitting down, they pulled up these sides because it was a little chilly, but it isn't actually not that bad. A lot to be thankful for. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen? 19 weeks. Uh, and, and really, even though it's a little cool, it's really a, a beautiful Sunday. And let me say this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little mixed up today probably because i got a lot on my mind, but um, I hope you're going to come back tonight. I'm going to start with the, the end in mind because um, I don't want to make it all about, you know, beautiful buildings, but you are going to be quite <laughs> impressed, okay? Uh, so hopefully you will come back tonight as we um, take just, you know, half hour or so to dedicate not only this space, but our lives. And we're going to do a little, little um, dedication this morning. If you have one of these dirty rocks, it's okay. It's meant to be dirty, right? It's supposed to be real. But we're going to, we're going to do a, an exercise of imagination uh, today that we'll come back tonight. But I'm, uh, it's so much to be thankful for. We're going to be back this morning in the, in the book of Joshua. If you have a copy of the Bible, you can open up to Joshua chapter 4. And I got a note from a friend this week um, who's been here in these last several weeks and said, you know, Rob, I really uh, have noticed in these weeks, these last four weeks, five weeks, that you have really kind of um, gone slow in these couple passages of just a couple chapters. It's like, you know, you've really slowed down and you're taking a lot of time on these chapters. And at first it was very frustrating to me. Because I really like this passage of Scripture, those of you who know the story of Joshua, and you know it's, it's getting out of the wilderness into the promised land. It is an analogy, and it's supposed to be, and we're here talking about in our own lives, right, where we kind of get out of the wilderness of our own lives at times and get into the promises of God for our own lives. And, and she said, you know, I, I've been a little frustrated because I like this passage and I, when I read it and, I, and I've thought about it, I want to rush to the promises, right? I don't want to stay in uh, the wilderness. But this slowing down that you have done, and we'll do a little bit more this morning, has reminded me that God's promises in our lives very rarely just, you know, barrel down in on us. They very often dawn on us. Right, And she said it's kind of like sitting in a, a dark room in, in early, early in the morning uh, before the sun rises and just watching uh, the sun rising and eventually things in the room come into focus um, when you don't even realize it. Right? That's what the promises of God often are like. You have to slow down. We're a busy people. Every one of us in this room, because I know you're like me, we're always ready to get to the next thing, and it's uncomfortable for us, right, in our lives, in the life of a church, to slow down um, and just wait for something to happen, wait for God to do something or something to happen in our lives. But slowing down is a big part of the experience of what it means to walk with God individually and also 
it's a big part of what it means to be the church of Jesus Christ. So this morning, I hope you'll put up with me one more time, we're going to slow down uh, a little bit this morning as we look into Joshua chapter 4. We have a copy of the Bible, we're back where we left off, Joshua 4, in this story, in this account of crossing the Jordan, going into the promised land, verses 1 through 7 and 23 and 24. Follow along as I read. When the whole nation, right, not just one person, had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, this river, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, apparently a little bigger than this one, okay, <laughs> according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve, now watch this, as a sign among you. Hold on to that thought. In the future... When your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. For the Lord your God, verse 23 dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over 40 years earlier. He did this, okay, purpose statement, so that all the peoples of the earth, he didn't just do it for you, right? That they, they might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, now, this is a series titled, or a message called, titled, Making God Known. Now, let me just say something about this moment, speaking of slowing down. You think I'm slowing down. I skipped verses 8 through verses 22 right, to save a little time here this morning, but this whole chapter is a, um, an exercise, an illustration of slowing down. This idea of going into the Jordan, right, first the 12 men, then the priest taking stones up, bringing up this memorial and creating this little memorial inside the promised land. They rehearse it and go over it a couple times, right? It's this very slowed down thing, and you think if you read all of chapter 4, you think, why does he keep going over it and going, well, it's a ceremony, that's why. It takes up a chapter in the Bible because it's a ceremony. They're trying to make a point, but the essence of this ceremony, right, twice in this passage, I only read it once, right, in verse uh, 5, what do these stones mean? It says it later, I think in verse 21, I didn't read. In verse, verse 6, it says, they are to serve as a sign. It has, it's a purpose. It's like driving down, you know, the highway and it says, you know, an amber alert or whatever the case may be, you know, storms are coming, trouble is coming, you know, uh, welcome to Oklahoma, whatever the case may be, right? It's a sign, right? It's a sign, but it's more than a sign. It's a memorial, right? I want you to think about what a memorial is, 
We have memorials all over the place in our culture. I just thought of a couple that I was thinking this week. The, I don't know if any, many of you have seen the, um, the Marine Corps Memorial in Arlington. I think it's in Arlington. It's in Virginia, right? It's, it's a statue of men. Many of you have seen this picture who are hoisting up the flag in, in Iwo Jima in World War II. It's the Marine Memorial and this Marine Memorial, right? This is an actual photograph, an actual built off of a photograph of these Marines in World War II is supposed to symbolize sacrifice, the sacrifice that was made by many men and women in World War II, right? That's what you're supposed to see. The Statue of Liberty, okay? I think that's a memorial, right? And the Statue of Liberty is a memorial that's supposed to symbolize freedom. But here's the thing about memorials, right? Memorials are not just designed to bring back memory. They're there to encourage a quality of, of living going forward. I'm supposed to see, I'm supp when I look at the, the Marine Corps Memorial, not just remember the sacrifice of the men and women who helped bring about uh, the, the, the victory in World War II. It's supposed to inspire sacrifice in my own life. When I look at the Statue of Liberty, at least this was the idea, it's not just supposed to remind me of what may have happened in the great ideas of the 17th century in American, uh, uh, the story of America, it's supposed to encourage me, inspire me as a citizen today to still live with those values in my life. Well, that's what this is about, guys. Same thing's going on here. The, 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 the big idea here, there are only two in this passage. The first one is this uh, in, in, in Joshua chapter 4, my first point. Drum roll, please. There we go. What God has done in the past, right, he will do in the present. Think about, go back to this passage. Yes, there's a memorial, but the first thing he says, verse 23, the Lord dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord dried up the Jordan just as he had dried up the Red Sea before you, right? That was a memorial too, 40 years earlier, I mentioned this last week, these, these people, the second generation, it was folklore to them, the, the Red Sea. They'd heard about it, but now they had actually walked through a body of water. They had exercised their faith. They had felt the rush of God's power. They had created a story of their own, and now he's saying, listen, you too, have experienced this kind of faith, and you too now have built a, uh, an experience of faith. But here's the thing about the Jordan River. You'll see this. As my friend was saying, I want to get to the promised land. The miracle of the Jordan River, and the, this generation who had never experienced this, they just heard about their parents doing it, now they did it. They began to experience what it was like to take a step of their faith, to go to a place they'd never gone before, and to experience the rush and the thrill of God's power and to see it. But guess what? It was just the beginning, right? What happened at the Jordan was just a first step. The challenges that faced them in the promised land, if you know the rest of the story, and we're not going to get into it in this series, but if you know the rest of the story of Joshua, they're just in the promised land. They're just on the inside of the promised land, right? 
They had, this would take years and decades for them to experience and claim the promised land for their own. This was one step of faith, one feeling of God's power, one encouragement, one, one story of their own, but it was meant to be the first of many steps of faith, right? And this is the point of the memorials. Our memorials, things like this, memories, I'm gonna, I wrote this down, I don't want to miss it. Memories are our guides to how to live in the, are, are the memories of the past are our guide to how to live in the present. That's the point. I'm just like I want to look at the, 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 um, the, the, the Marine Corps Memorial, right? If I happen to have been a soldier, even if I'm not, and I want to look at that and I want to say, I can, what these men, these women, they, they sacrificed. They gave the ultimate sacrifice. It ought to encourage me to sacrifice. I'm going to look at the Statue of Liberty and think about the, the ideas of freedom that this country um, was founded on. And I want to encourage me. I want to inspire me to a courageous kind of living. The same thing went was for this. This wasn't just meant to be, oh, you know, the, a great story to sit around and tell, you know, it, it, it's some it thanksgiving in the promised land to talk about what had taken place. It was meant to inspire a kind of living. 2 Corinthians 5.17, passage some of us are familiar with. Paul's talking about the Christian life. Therefore, if anyone, I love this about the gospel, anyone, no matter who you are, right, your background, your, your gender, your, your, your socioeconomic, whatever the case may be, if anyone is in Christ, that's a fancy way of saying if you've become a Christian, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Could you get any clearer than that? But let me say something. Yeah, amen. But let me say something about that, guys. This is a statement that is both sort of, you know, comprehensive. It's talking about our salvation in a, in a sentence, but it, it, it's also talking about an experience, right? This old is uh, gone and the new has come. It happens um, over and over and over again as you and I text, take steps of faith to experience the power of God and over and over and over, just like it did in this story, we begin to experience a transformation in our lives, right? That's what I'm talking about. That's what is really being encouraged here. It, the Jordan was the first of many steps. It's not a one-time experience. I had a conversation with a guy uh, in the last couple of weeks, and young guy in his 20s. And he um, has gone through a very difficult time, going through a very, very difficult time in his life right now. And um, we sat down, and, 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 and I just began to ask him some questions and said, tell me about it. What's going on? What's happened? How did you get to this place? And he started, to, the first, one of the first things he told me was about the death of his father that had happened um, about 10 years ago when he was a, a, a very young kid, a teenager. And he said, you know, uh, a pastor, um, for me, um, it really all started when I think back about the loss of my dad. And it was a very difficult loss and, and, and it was very hard for me to experience that. And then, you know, I, I kind of lost my way and then I kind of, things, you know, my, my grades dropped, I got involved with the wrong people, and one thing led to another, and as I look back over the last 10 years, in many ways, it all started back then. And as he was telling me the story, I had this rush of memory sitting there in his house about my own life, right? 
my own, the death of my own father. And I lost my father not when I was 12 years old, but I lost my father when I was an infant. I'd never, I've never met my father. I was an infant. And it took time in my life, right, to, to, to over the course of time, to, to, to think about the impact, even now, I think, as a, as a 32-year-old man, right? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm still a fully appreciating the impact of the death of my father. And as I was thinking this, while I said, uh, uh, listening to this young man, I, I shared that briefly with him, and a verse of Scripture came to my mind, right? And the verse of Scripture I hadn't thought about for a very long time was Psalm 27, 10, and it says this, When my mother and my father forsake me, the Lord will take care of me. When my mother and my father, and I thought, where did that come from, Right? Where, and I thought that, and I was with this young man for maybe uh, uh, an hour and a half or an hour at least, and that was the only verse of scripture that I shared. Now, when I was driving home, okay, I just began to think about that verse, about what God had done in my life. As I thought about this young man, I thought, where could my life have gone? And I thought, about how God had taken care of me and the ways in which God had demonstrated his life, his power in my life. And I just began to just think while I was driving of the different ways God had demonstrated his power. I thought about the, the, um, the doors that God has opened. When I think about the metaphor of a crossing, what I mean by that is, is where, would, where, where am I where have I gone in my life where I have to look back and say, I could never have got there if it wasn't for God, okay? And I began to think about some doors that were open for me, right, in, in, when I was a young teenager. When I, doors, I, I, could, I don't have time to tell you the stories of how I got into college, how I paid for college, how I got into grad school, and I thought one after another, this is the power of God, right? And then I thought about when I went to grad school, uh, you know, uh, many years ago in a family. I found this family who, who, who invited me to live with them for four years. I would have never gotten through that experience. They're like a second family to me uh, today. That was another example of what God has done for me. I thought about people when I first became a Christian, two men that came into my life that were like second fathers that not only encouraged me and taught me the Christian faith, but taught me other things about being a man. And I thought this was God's gift. This was God's power. Listen, I thought about how God called me of all people to be the pastor of this church, right? This is, these are my memorial stones that not only are remind me of the power that God has demonstrated in my life, but they're an encouragement to me, right, about what God still wants to do in my life. And listen, it not only happens in the lives of individuals, and this is what I want you to think about in your own life today, it happens as a congregation at times. The first verse of this chapter that we just read, chapter 4, verse 1, when the whole nation had crossed the Jordan, right? This is a slow-growing story, but here the whole nation goes over together. There are moments in the life of a congregation 
where we experience the power of God together and it's as if we are going through a door making a crossing that we can become an act and step of faith for the entire congregation and something that, will, um, that we can mark, which I hope we will do, uh, for days to come. I was, I was in the tech suite at the top, you'll see this tonight if you come, um, that just overlooks the, the sanctuary. Just the other day I was up there and I was just looking at it and it's just such, it's so amazing, right? You're either gonna love it or hate it, but I mean, and the sense of it's so different. But as I was just looking at it, I just had this rush of emotion, right? I don't wanna make it all about the building, but I just thought, this is a moment, this is a miracle. And I thought, what? might God want to do in the life of this church, right? What is the, what, what is the, what is the next thing that God is going to do with us as a congregation, right? That's where I think we are, guys. That's where I think this, this moment is. And the, and, and the first thing this passage tells us is what God has done in the past, right? He can do in the present, right? He can do in the present. And the second thing, the heart of this passage God wants to make his name known through us, right? Verse 24, God wants to make his name known through us. Twice in this passage, I wish all scripture was as clean and clear as this in the sense of twice he asks a question and twice he gives a very clear answer. What do these stones mean, right? Verse five or six and then again in verse 21 or two because he rehearses this. What do these stones mean? And then he says in verse 24, he did this so that, right? And he says another so that in verse, at the end of verse 24. It's very clear. What do these stones mean? Why did God accomplish this great miracle? Why do we have this memorial? He did this, that has exercised his power, so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. Yes, God has done something in your life. He's done something in my life. He did something here, right? God has done something. God has created a story in my life. God has building a story in my life. God has demonstrated power in his, my life. I am here because of things that only God has accomplished in my life. That's what my stones are. You are here. You are where you are in your life, Christian person. I hope you believe this and think about it because of what God has done in your life. And what he's saying is, right, these experiences of God's power, right, this is not just for you, but God has done this so that all the nations of the earth might know about his power. That's the whole point. In a sense, coming into the promised land was the restoration of, of the purposes of God, right? When God called Abraham, he says, I wanna bless you and bless those that you bless. And he said, through you, Abraham, speaking of the nation, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. That was the whole point, was that through God's blessing, through his power, through his favor, through his grace on these people, to call the Jewish people, God would bring forth a blessing to other people. Listen, the same exact Thing is true for us. The whole purpose of our crossing individually and as a congregation is that so through us, he did this so that 
all the nations of the earth, the people in this community, dozens and dozens and thousands and tens of thousands just in this community who do not know that God sent his son Jesus into the world to die for their sins, who do not know that there is a purpose for life, who do not know that this life is not all that there is, that there's hope and there's forgiveness and there's eternity, right? He did this so that they might know that. But let me tell you something. How, does he, how do they know that? They know that because of what happens in our life. I was, I was here yesterday and there was, I was with a, walking around here and there's a, a doctor friend who was with me here from the church, and he, he had a chance to walk through the, the which some of you will do tonight, the, the, uh, the sanctuary. And he, he was very excited about it. And he said, you know, Rob, I've just been thinking about this. He, he said, I, I, there's these two uh, 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 ladies that work in my office. They're not churchgoers. They, they, they never want to talk about church. But he said, I told them, that, that, you know, you guys are going to come. You have to see this auditorium. It is going to really impress you. And I thought, well, I, don't know. I was thinking to myself, I don't know if that was the point of this whole thing. But I said, he goes, no, this thing is really going to, I mean, you have got to see it. You are really going to be impressed. And I said, this smile on my face, and I said, well, did you say anything about the preaching or anything? And, and he was very quiet, you know. And, and then his wife said, it was standing next to him, she goes, well, we, we, have, we have assume you're going to say something good if they come, okay? But here's the thing, guys, in all reality, right? What do these stones mean? I'm so grateful uh, for this uh, facility. I think you'll love it. I do. But it's a means to an end. And let me tell you what the real attraction is. The real attraction is your stones. In other words, it's how God has worked in your life. It's looking at your life. This is the stone for me. The things in your life, my list is long, that I can say, this would not have happened were it not for the power. The only explanation for this thing in my life, this experience in my life, this, this crossing in my life, the only explanation is the power of God. This is what this is really all about. Psalm uh, 71. This is it. For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. I have become a sign to many. You are my strong refuge. This is what it's really all about. We want to see this community, starting with our own families or neighbors, friends, student friends, we want to see this community really experience a transformation. We need to come to a place where we understand it's our lives. What has God done in your life? And start, it's, it's not about giving people answers. I said this to someone yesterday in a text. We have a little text. I said, Jesus isn't the answer. Jesus is the way. Okay, it's not so much a question. He's the way. If someone says, I, I, "There's a lot of questions for which I don't have answers," right, about things in life, but I can say this. You know, it's like the guy in John nine. I was blind, but now I see. Right. This is what I'm. This is this is what it's for. This is what I want to do. I, I want you to to walk with me in, in a moment of imagination. Can you do that with me this morning? And that is this. Our 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 memories are our guide 
to the way that we live today. So I want you to hold a stone in your hand if you have it. And I want you just to, and this is an assignment really for the afternoon. I don't have time today. It's for, the, it's for the day. And I want you to think about, as you hold this stone in your hand, the things that God has done in your life, the power that God has expressed in your life, the crossings that you have experienced in your life that you could honestly say to yourself, to your friend, to someone else, this would not have happened if it was not for God. I could not be here if it was not for God. The crossing that I had from, I am at the place I'm at today because of the power of God. So take just a minute, heads bowed, eyes closed. Just think about it. I'm going to pray for us. Just think about it. Take a minute just to start this process about what God has done in your life, how his power and his grace has allowed you to cross into places that you could not be without him. God and Father, I thank you for everyone in this room. And I thank you, God, for the fact that what you have done in the past, you still do in the present. I'm thankful, Lord, that because I'm in Christ, old things pass away and all things become new. I'm thankful, Lord, that though you have brought me this far, you are not done with me. You are not done with anyone in this room. And Lord, we just want to take a minute to acknowledge, to bring um, to, uh, to memory the things that you have done in our lives. Not just to say thank you, but to know that they are a sign to us, to ourselves, that there is more to come that the steps we've taken, Lord, we can take more steps if we'll learn how to trust you more as individuals and as a congregation. God, help us, be with us in this crossing and of our, at this moment in the life of our church, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, before you go, okay, talk, say something about tonight. We looked back, I want to look forward. I want you to think about this today too, okay? I hope you'll do it. Think about it. Where do you still need a fresh experience of God's power in your life today, right? I mean, raise your hand if you're done, okay? <laughs> if you feel done, all right? This is what it's about. Where do you, that's what a memorial's for. It's not just something to dust off. Our memories are to inspire a future, a courageous kind of living. Where do you need an experience of God's power in your life today? Listen, and then think about how would a fresh experience of God's power in your life help be a witness to people who don't know him, right? This is what 
the Christian life is about. This is what sharing our faith is about. It's not about being perfect people. It's not about having the answer to every question. It's about being honest before others about our life. All I can tell you is this. I was blind, but now I see. Okay, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. I, I had this opportunity, quick story. Um, about five or six years ago was one of the hardest times in my ministry. Some of you know the story. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Doesn't matter. But after that time, um, I was encouraged to see a um, counselor. And I'd, a counselor coach. I like to call him coach. It makes me feel better. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we, I did that for about a year, and it was a great experience. And uh, after the end of that year, it was very expensive, and, and um, we finished. And he said, listen, I, I have a piece of advice for you. He said... Uh, you don't have to do this if you don't want to, but he said, there's a group that, of folks that I could encourage you to, it, it's, this prof, it's a group of kind of professional types who uh, all have you know, um, responsibilities in, in, their, in their companies and their businesses, and it's kind of a counseling group, and uh, uh, it's by invitation only, but I could get you an invitation to that. If you want to go to it, it's on your own. It's just, it's, I'm not involved in it, this counselor guy. It's a different guy. And he said, if you'd like to do it, but he said, it's not a Christian thing, and you know, maybe there's Christians in there, it's just leaders, and they're, they're, they get together once a week and talk about their life and about their challenges, and, and that's it. And I think it would be helpful for you. I said, okay, I'll do it. And I did that, and just this last, maybe a month ago, it was four years, every week for four years, okay? Maybe, you know, Christmas and Easter, you didn't do it, but it was every week. And it was, I just felt it was my time to be done. And so um, we went, we were just kind of saying goodbye, or they were saying goodbye to me. And um, there was different group people in this room, and, uh, and this one guy who, uh, uh, in the group, he's a doctor, Jewish guy, and uh, he's, everyone was just going around saying, you know, nice things. And he said, you know, um, sorry you're leaving. I, I really got, I really appreciated getting to know you. And he said, I, we never, I don't think there's much talk about faith in this, in this group. And he said, you know, I, um, I've never had a very good experience um, in, in general with not only with uh, faith in God, but with, with professional Christian people, you know, kind of a thing. And he said, um, you've changed my, um, my attitude about that. I think differently about, um, you know, uh, that people of God thing than I did before. Let me tell you something. I'm going to hold on to that one for a while, okay? That's what we're talking about. So what, I want to, what, I, what I'm encouraging you today, right, as an act of imagination, right, take some time today, okay? You don't have to have this in your hand, but think about it. While you're driving home, while you're taking a nap, while you're cutting your lawn, why you're doing what you're doing today. And ask yourself this question, right? How has God's power shown up in your life? Are there places that you would say, God, I would not be here today, right? I would not be in this place today. There's no other explanation except for your grace and your power. This is the memorial you're building. And this is really... The answer to that question is what really people want around you want to hear. They want to know what God has done in your life. 
And if we can embrace this, if we can appreciate this, if we can live this out, listen, only God knows what's on the other side of this for us. Amen? So what we're going to do tonight, for those of you who are coming, I hope you're all coming, right? Put TiVo the football game or whatever the case may be, right? And at 6 o'clock, it won't be a long time, we're going to come into this beautiful new sanctuary and, uh, and it's going to be more of, a, more of a quiet, we're not going to you know, blow you away with lights and, and sounds, but we're going to do two things. Dedicate the space and dedicate our lives towards the purpose that, that all people might know that God is powerful, right? And bring your stones, right? Because we want to uh, use this as a symbol of, of, of dedication and um, make our own little memorial. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. See you tonight. Have a great Sunday.